Warning. The following contains massive spoilers for the designated series. Listener discretion is advised. You are being watched. You're listening to the Television Archive. The show where we, the television-loving hordes of the internet, take a deep dive into what used to be in our beloved media. My name is Thomas Michael Clark, and this is Person of Interest. These people irrelevant. We don't. Hunted by the authorities. We work in secret. You'll never find us. But victim or perpetrator, if your number's up, we'll find you. Today we will be discussing Season 1, Episode 23, the season finale, titled Firewall. My god, this, this is such a good season finale. This is such an amazing ending to this debut season. Here's what I love about this episode. As a finale, as a huge turning point in Person of Interest. Because it is a massive turning point in Person of Interest for multiple reasons, all of which we'll discuss at length in a few minutes. But what I love about this finale is it has it has a very fascinating structure of being very much a normal episode of Person of Interest, like... Nothing special, no added bells and whistles, just just a regular-ass person of interest episode. Until it very much isn't. Until it very much becomes not that at all. <laughs> like, it escalates so, so quickly. Like... The first part of this episode, the first act, we got a new number. Caroline Turing, played exquisitely by Amy Acker, who is a psychologist, a therapist, uh, who has a lot of high-end clients, who are giving her a lot of sensitive information, uh, sensitive information that people would want to kill her over uh, to protect And so we now have to protect her from assassins that want to take her out for what she knows. All of this, well done. All of this is within the bounds of person of interest and is very much run-of-the-mill. Like, just, it is the type of setup that you would expect from just any old episode. And then it is revealed that HR is involved... And so now we're not just dealing with any group of hit people. We're dealing with H frickin' R. We're dealing with the corrupt cop cabal of all corrupt cop cabals. As they and their seemingly infinite resources have been hired to take this woman out. So now we have to protect her from HR. And this becomes an okay. Now everything Fusco's been doing to try and worm his way into HR... All of that now has now has come to fruition. All of that can now reach a climax. This is now the moment for Fusco to shine and for all of this to be worth it. And then our idiot FBI buddy 
shows up and is like, hey, we got this guy on surveillance. He slipped up. Now we're going to go in and take him down. So now it's guy in the suit versus HR versus the FBI in like this three-way cat and mouse game. That is so brilliant and so intense and so otherworldly incredible to witness. It's so insane. Meanwhile, you got like John bringing around Caroline Turing going like, what the hell is happening? (laughs) What is going on? Like, we even have that one moment where she's like, hey, um... So are we now running from the people who are going to kill me or the people who are going to kill you? (laughs) Like, just like she's losing the thread as it's happening. It's great. It's awesome. But like, they're just on the run throughout the halls of the hotel. I especially love this one moment where Carter, having access to the FBI hotel surveillance, is just looking in on the cameras, seeing Reese and Turing, and then texting Reese, go back now. Go back, go back, go back. Okay, now it's safe, go. And, like, just guiding her, just guiding them, Overwatch style, it, it's, it's so good. Uh, the elevator, the freight elevator sequence, brilliant, perfect. Like, just this giant ball of tension that just keeps winding up and winding up and winding up. You know that HR is about to blow the whole floor, about to ignite a bomb and kill them. You know that the FBI is about to catch them. All the while, Finch is hacking on the roof, doing his hack on the comms. Like, just... It's just... It is as exhilarating as exhilarating gets. It really, really is. Now, this on its own would be enough. But then they're like, no, 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 no. We haven't escalated this enough. We haven't made this insane enough. Let's also have a separate false cat and mouse game where Carter's eyeing Fusco going like, I think you're HR's mole. Not knowing still that Fusco is working with the guy in the suit just like her. So you get this side eye constantly throughout the entire episode until eventually this comes to a head when she just bursts into the bathroom while he's on the phone with Finch. And she's like, you're the HR guy. Who are you talking to? Who are you talking to? Who are you talking to? And eventually Fusco admits, I'm working undercover, but it's nothing official. It's the guy in the suit. And he's like trying to give the pitch to Carter while Carter's going, what the hell? They they got Fusco here too? What? Like while Fusco is operating under the assumption that Carter's still actively trying to catch Reese and Finch. And I love the moment where like Finch just calls. And Carter picks up, like, you've got some explaining to do, Finch. And then Fusco has that dumb look on his face, like, what? (laughs) And Finch is like, hi, uh, no, you probably got some questions. Table that for now. (laughs) We have bigger problems. Both HR and the FBI are trying to kill Reese. 
Let's deal with that right now. And then we'll circle back. <laughs> it, and that's not... <laughs> I, I feel like I'm just some crappy used car salesman going, but wait, there's more. <laughs> also, freaking Alicia, the woman from the machine flashbacks, the woman for the early era of the machine who just last episode found out that Finch is the guy who made the machine, not Nathan. He's, she's now following him and taking all these photos, surveilling the hell out of him. And it persists throughout the entire episode, the entire episode, the entire episode, the entire episode. And eventually, as Turing is finally coming out of this service tunnel and going into the car with Finch, Alicia finally makes her move and gets in the car and points a gun to him and is like, you made the machine. You're going to help me destroy it. I'm sick of running from it. I know the machine killed Nathan uh, and I don't want to run from it anymore. This is this is unethical and all that. Like, the hyper-anti-surveillance, full-blown Snowden. Apparently, just knowing the machine is out there has, like, broken down this woman over the years. To the point where she's now like, I have to destroy it. I have to kill it. And this asshole is gonna help me do it. But, that... Again, we're going on the but wait, there's more. That's not enough, apparently. That's not enough for this episode. There has to be another escalation still after all of this. Because we brought on Zoe Morgan to look into Turing's patience and... See, okay, who has the biggest motive to want to pay HR to kill her? And she investigates this, and things aren't really adding up. Her clients all either have solid alibis... Or are just con men who were blackmailed into doing certain things. And when Zoe Morgan searches Turing's office, the transaction with the money to pay HR to kill her. It's on Turing's computer. And then everything just shuts down. And one name keeps popping up. Over. And over. And over. Root. 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 
And so while Reese, Carter, and Fusco are in this massive shootout with HR and in this big car chase, culminating, by the way, in the badass moment of Reese just, like, calmly saying, hey, slow down, and, like, blowing up the car with the explosives that he found in that exact car earlier, all while being like, hey, we should get drinks sometime. Hey, look, you... You're talking to me about trust issues. I'm sitting in a car with one cop who tried to kill me and one who spent six months trying to lock me up. While all of that is happening, Root shows up in the car, kills Alicia, saying, oh, I thought you'd never shut up, and revealing that all of this has been one massive ploy to bring Finch into the open. She constructed this phony therapist life for the benefit of the outside world. Contracted HR to kill herself, knowing that Reese and Finch would swoop in, save the day, like they always do. All so she could meet Finch. All of this has been one carefully orchestrated plot to get Root and Finch in the same room together. Wow. Holy crap. That. That was insane. It's so, so freaking insane. And that's not the end of the episode. So, Root escapes with Finch in tow. Dumping the body of Alicia behind. And then we get our ending. While everyone else is having happy fun times with a bunch of HR people getting arrested... You know, for once, the FBI assholes are getting the the real perps and not going after the vigilante who's saving all these people. John is now in a Finchless world trying to track down Finch. And his last effort is to go in public, look up at a surveillance camera, and say... He's in danger now because he was working for you. So you're going to help me find him. Stands around for a bit. And then, much like what happens with Finch, a payphone rings. Reese picks it up. And that is the end of the episode. That is the last two minutes of the season is John flat out challenging the machine. Hey, help me get this guy. Help me rescue him. And then presumably, Reese is now in contact with the machine. Presumably, Finch is now in... Presumably, Reese is now in contact with it. God, this finale is so good. It's so, so great. I 
I'm so afraid that I forgot something. This episode is so dense. It's so packed. I almost certainly forgot a major plot point or a major moment or something. Holy crap. Oh, I know what I forgot. Uh, When Alicia was dumping all of her issues on Finch, Finch has this great monologue of like, I made a lot of mistakes, but building the machine wasn't one of them. The machine didn't kill Nathan. People killed Nathan. Machine hasn't been following you. People have been following you. Like, the machine's not doing any of this. It's all people. So, like, Alicia's been, like, the entire time regarding the machine as this big evil mistake, when rather the evil mistake is how people are reacting to it, how people are using it. But my god, what a great finale, and what a really, really good debut season. I mean, I'll admit, it's not my favorite season of Person of Interest by any means. It does have a couple of issues, mainly that mediocre pilot, and also the brief scattered moments of dumb weirdness, uh, such as them somehow getting wrong one of the most iconic quotes of all time, Veni Vidivici, I came, I saw, I won. That's not the quote. I'm so mad about that. I will go to my grave continuing to be mad about that. Like, clearly they had some kinks to work out. Clearly they had to refine their formula for this first season. But it's still a really, really good debut. It is so clever. There are so many phenomenal episodes. This overarching story they told was phenomenal. uh, Between Elias and HR and the FBI stuff and all of it. It was all so, so freaking great. Uh, And yeah. One down, four to go. This is only the beginning. I can't wait to talk about season two. Season two does some interesting stuff. Season two does some really, really... They go some fascinating directions. I'll just say that much. Uh, if you like this, favorite the podcast, anchor.fm slash TV archives, so you can be here every single Monday through Friday as we go through every single episode of this and other shows. And you can find it on pretty much whatever podcaster app you prefer. Feel free to call in as well. It's simple as just to push up a button on the Anchor app. I'll play those on the show from time to time if you feel so inclined to send those in. Follow me on Twitter and Instagram, TomTom4468, and support the show. Patreon.com slash Thomas Clark pledges a dollar a month. I appreciate everything I get through there. Uh, if you become a patron, you can also gain access to the, the Television Archive Supplemental, uh, which I put out once every month. Uh, yesterday, I put out April's episode about the Teen Titans Silver Age Omnibus. Uh, so I had a fun time reminiscing about that uh, experimental dive into like 60s Teen Titans comics, like where it all began, and the dumb, weird, dumb, dumb, weird, weird, dumb world that that was. <laughs> so if you want to listen to that, become a patron, patreon.com slash Thomas Clark. Or, if that doesn't work for you, you can also support the show directly via Anchor. I appreciate that as well. Tomorrow we will be discussing Season 2, Episode 1. Talk to you then.